step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's that time of week where you download the crazy sheet, you get your favorite podcasting out, you get something to drink. If you're driving to work, get you a cup of coffee or maybe some water because it's hot as hell outside. And if it's evening time, then you better have you a nice cold cocktail to get ready to talk about some college football. I'm Mark and I'm here in the podcasting studio and Scotty, I am sure is out on the road. Scotty, how the hell are you and where are you today? I am at Mossy Oak Golf Club, baby. I like that. Beautiful Mississippi. Great little track. Because you hadn't played it. Highly recommend it. Waverly is, uh, old Waverly is across the road. Uh, the new version is Mossy Oak Golf, Golf Club. Yes, started by people that started Mossy Oak Camouflage, in case you uh, want to know. Uh, they are good, fine bulldog people. For all of you, that it drives you nuts when I talk about Mississippi State so much. And that's kind of fun. You know, I love to tweet because we don't have much to talk about. But it is a fabulous, looking forward to it, a nice 110 heat index tomorrow when we tee off at about 110 for our sales meeting tomorrow. The guys are pumped. I think our guys from Minnesota, Wisconsin, those areas are super stoked to be teeing off. What do you think? I would guess so. I mean, you're <laughs> probably – I mean, I have played in Mississippi and, you know, with you and in Alabama this time of year. And uh, teeing off at 110 – I would highly recommend waiting to have cocktails until late in the day because it is super hot. Yeah, it will fuck up your blood sugar pretty quick. I have done it. You know, how much can go on in a week since we recorded last time? Uh, a ton, man. It's uh, it's crazy. I feel like every time we record this, something happens. You know, the first show we did, we do the Mac and Frank Solich retires the next day. That's not giant news to most people, but to us it is. That's, but that's pandemic. I mean, that's pandemic equation news for uh, for the Mac. I mean, that's that guy's a legend. Yeah. And since we've recorded our last show, we've dropped three shows. Our last one was the uh, Big 12 preview. If you get a chance to listen to that, great. Uh, and since then, big news in the Big 12 is Oklahoma and Texas on the heels of the Big 12 media days have come out and announced and – formally filed that they will no longer re-up with the Big 12 as of 2025. And I've officially applied mm-hmm. to the Southeastern Conference. A lot of mumbling out there. The SEC wants to go to 20. Interesting. I can only imagine what those 20 teams are. Uh, boy, there's a lot of options, but if I'm an ACC <laughs> commissioner, I feel like I am under the gun would be the would be the reality of the deal. Not shocking to think that Clemson, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, somebody in that area is certainly on the horizon. Um, if you can, can you imagine if the SEC can commandeer Duke and North Carolina, and then and and put together that kind of basketball conference with Kentucky? In those schools, I, look, here's the deal. I said it in the first podcast. Mike's Live is a man that is, he does a fabulous job. 
contemplating what he wants to say. He says, I'm tired of the small schools running us. You need to listen. And boy, he ended it. The NCAA is over, Mark. It's done. You're talking I think it was because the NIL. The NIL started this, but I think the NFL, the NIL just has just accelerated it because I think the because look, I think the Big Ten's in on this deal too. Big Ten's not sitting around. Sankey's talking to those guys. That's the other power player in this country. You know, everybody else is long for the ride. You know, Pac-12 is going to certainly going to be involved because of where they are and the people and the dollars and the TV markets and those things. But at the end of the day, they're not driving the bus. They're a passenger. The, the SEC and the Big Ten are driving the bus. Those guys are negotiating this. It all makes sense now why it's a 12-team playoff. It never made sense. Now it does. And I think it's just fascinating what's going on. NIL's obviously a game changer. We talked about that already. This is phenomenal. But if you're an SEC football fan, and I know Aggies are pissed, this is gigantic for the league. Gigantic. I mean, you're talking about a SEC championship because they're going to figure out how to make the SEC championship fit into this, I believe. Because, again, SEC going to whether they go to nine games or ten games or, you know, whatever the deal is, they'll just cut a non-conference game out to keep the Southeastern Conference championship game, in my opinion. And and because it's such a revenue maker, such a big deal, such a pride factor within this league. Can you imagine Alabama, Oklahoma? It's going to be the awesome. championship. I mean, it, it is it is just, man – it's raised the stakes. Yeah, I am. I am for this move. Uh, I've wanted to see Texas and Texas A and M play again. I think Texas, whether they want to admit it or not, I think they need Texas A and M. Me too. Uh, they, Me too. If, you know, I'll give you a yo stat. Texas since 2010 has a 56 percent winning percentage and has won 10 games one time. There's another school in the SEC that has a 57% winning percentage and has won 10 games one time in that same span. It's Mississippi State. Now, right. when you think about the brand of Texas, it is so big that this program is irrelevant on the field for over a decade for the most part, and yet they're going to move in the SEC, and it's going to elevate the conference, I think, just by bringing the brand in. Mark, you just brought up a phenomenal point because, and, and here's the deal, and in in polling, and I think to our listeners, I think to the average American, I think to anybody not named me listening to this podcast, Mississippi State loses two slots because of their name, and Texas gains four because of their name. Yeah, if they get the same record, same resume, same everything, and you just said they got a. Point less winning percentage <laughs> over the same time span than Mississippi State. And the last three years have been a total disappointment to Mississippi State fans. Yeah. I'm telling Think you. about that. I mean, it's a, it, is a, it, it is amazing where Texas is at. Here's the thing. Aggie fans are pissed, and you know this as well as I do. Aggie fans are pissed, and I, I disagree. We talk all the time about making T-shirts and funny stuff and – you and I just are always talking about things off air we can't say, off color, that are funny T-shirts, funny slogans, you know, things like that. 
if the Aggies don't say who's little brother come out with a t-shirt life's like a dog sled team you know whatever whatever it is you know they clearly won this fight oh yeah it's it's not debatable it's not even close it's a first round Mike Tyson Spinks knockout I mean just boom it's a one punch they got their ass kicked and now they're like you know what we need to regroup we got to get a new deal going we thought oh longhorn network we're texas everybody's gonna oh Aggies left because i will tell you i think homa was gone and texas went along for the ride because homa saw we got to get in front of this dude we're not getting anything out of this dude and i think it's fabulous aggies are pissed great I think it's great for college football. I'm fascinated to see where this comes out. Fascinated to see where it comes out. New Greg Sank, he's a chess player. He ain't playing checkers. I just didn't know it was going to be this. I'd love to have known. I would love to tell you, oh, I'd gotten word of it. No, that's bullshit. I didn't know Jack. I was at a wedding and saw this. I'm like, wow. (laughs) You know, this is fabulous for the SEC. I think it's bad for the bulk of conferences. Because at the end of the day, I think the number was nine of the 18 highest rated brands. And it might have been 16. But the bottom line, the number was nine for the SEC are in that league of the top 20 brands in college football. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, You know, we went through the realignment mess a while back. A lot of of bolstering, a lot of maneuvering. to kind of land where it did. The Big 12 was lucky to cobble something together. Uh, And during that period of time and stay as a conference, I always thought it was just kind of a matter of time when they weren't able to go out. And, and, you know, they should have gone out and started pulling the BYUs and the Boise States and trying to build a a a better brand. And I don't know if they did and it didn't apply or, you know, but I don't know why those teams wouldn't want to join. But I think just arrogance got in the way and they thought, hey, we're still a major conference. You know, we're still in this thing. And it's worked out pretty well for them, you know, for the most part. But there's been some sloppy things that have gone on around the the Big 12. But I'm excited. I'm for better games. I'm for better conferences. I'm for the 12-team playoff. You know, I get on board with it because there's so much more positive than there is negative about this. Uh, from a betting angle, man, the SEC is just going to be an arms race when this thing gets going. And I agree with you on the Pac-12. I think that the Pac-12, the Pac-12 needs to get organized. They're a mess. Half the teams, half the TVs in America, you can't watch a Pac-12 game. And yep. then this year, <laughs> this is my favorite. If you go look at a Pac-12 schedule, I think there's five or six games this year that start at 9 a.m. West Coast time so that they can land during the day in a TV slot with hopefully you can get some eyeballs on them, um, which is an awful idea. But it's when they hire a guy who's a TV guy, and they're like, oh, he's going to generate revenue. And the first question he gets, Pac-12 media days, I think it was the first question he got. Texas, Oklahoma going to the SEC. How do you think that affects the Pac-12? And he's like, well, I don't think it affects us at all. We're, we're the only team that's west of the Rockies. Motherfucker, you don't think this affects you? <laughs> you're asleep. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, you're asleep. You better be figuring out how to get on. Because let me because let me explain. This league is not positioning itself 
to say, yeah, we want to be the best 16, 18 teams in college football, wherever they end up, because I don't, I don't know if the SEC's done expanding, candidly. And I, 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 if you think they're done, they want to run basketball, they want to run football, they want to run baseball. They can run that baseball tournament if they get the right three or four ACC baseball team, ACC teams to flip. They can run that baseball tournament. And everybody's paying them to play. For the most part. And they could probably pay every other school more money and make more money. Mississippi State just won the national title. They're writing the NCAA a $700,000 check. <laughs> seven hundred grand because they drew a lot of fans to host a super regional and a regional. How insane is that? You don't think that league wants to keep that money? Of course they do. And that's what Greg Sankey's got his eyes on. And, and the Pac-12 commissioner's telling me, I don't think it affects us at all. We've got, you better take your head out of the sky. <laughs> Pacific's awesome. Quit staring at it. <laughs> oh, All that being said, folks, that's enough about non-gambling. Let's jump into it. Scott, this week we're going to cover two conferences. We're going to go through the ACC. We're going to go through the Pac-12. If you haven't downloaded and this is your first time listening to us, we're glad you're here. We look forward to hearing from you and being part of the podcast all season long. Uh, we're not going to go through depth charts. You can buy you a Phil Steele and read all that if you want to. We're going to try to give you some actionable plays, a little bit of highlight of what we think is going to go on in the league and get this thing rolling. So, Scott, when we talk about the ACC, obviously it has been Clemson and everybody else. I think in the Coastal they have sent a different team to the championship game almost every single year since this thing has started, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but when you look at this league, Clemson, clear-cut favorite to move ahead. Uh, and, you know, they are 11.5 wins is what their over-under win total is for the season. Uh, they've got some big losses on this team. And the reason I bring this up is because you might be able to find some value in their schedule this season to bet against them. They're favored in every single game. On the, that they've got. The smallest favorite that they currently have is the opening game against Georgia, which is being played against Charlotte. Uh, new quarterback, Trevor Lawrence moved on, and you've got DJ Ungalele will be stepping in, which they have now named him the Big Cinco since he wears number five. Kid's a big kid. He weighs about 250 pounds. If you ever saw his dad cheering, he's a gigantic Hawaiian man. Uh, but this team's going to miss some parts. I think losing Travis Etienne is a big deal. Uh, ETN was a massive part of their offense last couple of years. Great out of the backfield. And I think the reason last year you didn't see him run the ball as well is because Clemson's offensive line was not nearly as physical as it was in the previous year. They, they did not blow people off the ball as well as they have been in the last couple of years. That was the reason we saw ETN in space a lot more. And the other thing in losing Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, they had 41 design run plays last year for him. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is it's going to be interesting to see how their offense goes because they don't have a backup. Uh, the backup that they had towards Achilles in the spring game, one of their backups will walk on, and the other one's a freshman. And so behind DJ, Big Cinco, they don't have a lot of backup at the quarterback position here, and so I'm going to be interested to see if their offense is a little bit more conservative than it has been in years past. Because of that, they've still got a great wide receiver room, I mean, don't get me wrong, Dabo has recruited his ass off talent-wise. 
they're the best unit in the in the conference by far. Defensively, I think this team's actually going to need to step up a little bit. Uh, it was not nearly as dominant as you may have think when you go back and look at. They gave up some big chunk plays, and so as much as I like Clemson, I do think Clemson's probably going to win this conference. I think they're a little bit more susceptible this season than they have been in years past. And that being said, Scotty, what would be your number one team you want to talk about when you get into the ACC? Well, look, I'm, I'm, look, I'm a huge NC State fan this year. <laughs> but before we get to that, I'm, I'm going to go back to what you said about ETN was a great player for them, and he did so many things at Clemson. And they are talking about, you look at three of their four on their 3D, it's redshirt freshman, freshman. If you think he's going to produce – like ETN did. I just don't think it's the same. I really don't. They leaned on ETN early in Lawrence's career. He did a lot of great things, made a lot of plays, short passes, making things happen. Are they going to be able to do that now with an inexperienced back? Because ETN was starting as a freshman, you know, playing a ton. That guy had a ton of reps. I will also tell you one of the reasons he wasn't sick. He didn't have the gigantic numbers he did. He had a lot of wear on his tread. Yeah. His tires got a lot of wear. And I think that's another reason I would be concerned as an NFL guy. You know, guys that at the end of the day, the hits add up at running back. So I'm with you. I'm fascinated to see what Clemson's going to do. Um, it, it, it should be a lot of fun. But I think NC State is primed, primed for surprise. I really do. This is a team that's got a lot of players back. And Leary is a different is a difference maker in this offense. I mean, they were abysmal on the on offense in that bowl game against Kentucky. And I just I really like Leary here. I it, it's not as much that I like I think the kid's a talented kid. He's young, he could do so, but it's more of he's got a really good team around him. And this defense has got a lot of guys back. I think Doran has finally got a team. I think he wanted out of Raleigh. I don't think there's any doubt Doran was leaving. It just didn't get a job, and he's hunkered down and rebuilt his roster. And I think this is going to be the first year. And you look at this team, and their schedule sets up great. They go to Mississippi State, and that's a gigantic game. I'm telling you right now, I think they're a better football team than Mississippi State. I think that's a better football team. And then they get Furman. They, they play at USF start season. That's that's obviously a huge game for them. But then they get Clemson at home. And then they get La Tech at home. At worst, I think they, they're coming out of that four and one. Worst case, they're three and two. They could easily at home, easily at home beat Clemson. They could lose on the road at Mississippi State and still – be four and one after that stretch. And then at Boston College, at Miami, Louisville at home, at Florida State, at Wake Forest, Syracuse at home, North Carolina. Man, there are a lot of wins on the schedule. And that over under is just such a short number at six. This is a team I think can win eight, nine, possibly 10 games with an upset. Because here's the deal they play better teams on the road. I mean, uh, poorer teams on the road, better teams at home. I think they can get they get Clemson, North Carolina, both at home. Huge games, huge games. Opportunities to win those games. 
Austin College, good football team. Miami, good football team on the road. Could they lose both of those? Yeah. But could they win them both? Absolutely, 100%. So at the end of the day, I see them with five, six wins guaranteed. And then you got a several, several toss-up games. I love NC State and the over. I think it's an eight, nine win football team. It's my favorite bet on the over-under win totals of anybody. Over-under win totals for them is seven to seven and a half. You're going to pay some heavier juice at seven. I agree with you. I like NC State a lot here. Uh, They've got a – again, I'm looking forward to see what Leary's going to do. I think this team's well-coached. Running back-wise, be looking out for a main man, Zonovan Knight, this season. I think he's going to have a huge season for these guys. Um, And they've got – and they're still talented on the outside. They got Amika Amizaki. I might have screwed that one up. Um, but they've got some talent out there, man. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you on NC State. And when you start looking at the rest of this conference, especially where NC State sits, there's some interesting plays on the Atlantic side. We'll just stay over there. Boston College with Hoffley. Um, new coach, came in last year. They've got Phil Jerkovic. Kid started at Notre Dame. Or started his career at Notre Dame. He's transferred over to Boston College. Uh, defensively, Hafley came in and basically said, look, we went straight vanilla last year. We did not have time to install any of our defense. This year we're going to install the defense. So I look forward to seeing what Boston College is going to do. This is year two for him. him. Uh, I think you'll see a big jump in there. So I think there's going to be some opportunities to grab Boston College. as some, a short dog in a lot of places. Moving down a little bit further. Hold on, before you leave Boston College, I got one thing I want to say about those guys. I, I could not agree more about them being an opportunity to win some games. I'm not sure about the over-under. They're a team I want to watch. But this is where this, – this conference is one of those conferences where there are some teams that return much like the MAC and the Sun Belt, like we talked about, where you start getting 19, 20, 21 starters back. They may not be as talented – as Clemson and Miami, Florida State, and the teams that recruit in the top 20 every year. When you talk about Boston College getting 17 starters back, you talk about NC State getting, what is that, 19 starters back. You start talking about those guys, you start talking about Wake Forest is getting 20 starters back. They're not as talented, but that's a sixth year for a lot of these kids that will make a difference. That's the bottom line. This is going to be a fascinating year of gambling, and I can't say it enough. We keep talking about it. We've got to do our homework. We've got to watch what these guys do early in the season. You're going to be able to get some numbers. So, sorry to cut you off. No, no, you're great. Uh, like I said, in the rest of the Atlantic, you got Florida State, which I still think they're trying to figure out what they're doing uh, with Norvell. I feel like he's leading this program in the right direction, but they are so far removed from where they – you know, the, the program that you and I grew up watching – on that note, I don't know if you saw it or not, Bobby Bowden came out and announced that he's got a terminal disease, and it'll be a sad day uh, when he's not part of college football well, anymore. Greatest football coach of our lifetime. Yeah, I would agree with that. People do not look like a second-greatest coach of our lifetime, I should say. Um, because clearly, clearly Saban is best. Mark, what he did from the late, mid-late 80s, to the early 2000s, never finishing outside the top five in the final AP poll is amazing. Remember, Saban's gone 10-3 and three during this stretch. Right. He's been phenomenal. And Bobby Bowden with a playoff might have had 
multiple national championships. It is what that man did is phenomenal, and he's such a phenomenal guy. I mean, if you had to drink a beer with somebody, would you pick Nick or him? Probably Bowden, but I don't even know if he drinks a beer. I would. I, he, I don't even know if he drinks either. But I'd have a beer while I talk to him and listen to him tell great stories. Bobby Bowden's a good man. Hope hope I grow up and influence people the way he did. Bobby Bowden's been a phenomenal, phenomenal guy for football. Now here's a team back on this that I'm selling is the Ville. Man, I used to love to bet Louisville back in the day. And now they've moved in the ACC, and this team just keeps moving backward. Um, I think the coach was going to leave. They had to figure all that mess out. They've had a lot of turnover on their roster. The over-under win total for this team is seven. If you're looking to bet unders and you like them, I'm telling you, this Louisville team is going to struggle all season long. They open up with Ole Miss, which I think they lose. They've I'm betting the brakes off of Ole Miss. I'm already on Ole Miss. They've got Eastern Kentucky, which is a win. UCF, Florida State, Wake Forest, Virginia. I would tell you every single one of those games is a coin flip. Um, there, there is not, there's not four games on their schedule that they're going to be that, that they'll be favored in by more than five points. They'll be favored over Eastern Kentucky. They'll UCF toss up to me. They'll be favored over Syracuse. If the wheels hadn't fallen off, they'll probably be favored over Duke, and that's about it. Every game on their schedule is a coin flip, or you can pencil in a loss. I think this Louisville team is going to be off the rails. They have not played well. I think there's some problems in the locker room. Uh, I just I do not like anything I have read about the Ville. I'm selling Ville. I'm under seven is one of my favorite plays in the ACC here. I, I just and look, we're going to leave out the extracurricular activities. I just think Louisville's a bad environment. A lot of reasons for that. I think Scott Satterfield's a good football coach. I think Louisville's a bad environment. He tried to get out, man. I mean yeah, absolutely it's a bad environment. And 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 the interesting part, and I've said this a thousand times, I think Mississippi State was a great fit for him. Neil Brown, had I been athletic director, Neil Brown was my first choice. Scott Satterfield would have been second. I think both those guys are phenomenal fits. I think both those guys have totally different careers. Neil Brown's still doing a great job at West Virginia, but at the end of the day, he's not happy there. This is a really, really tough job. Yeah. Really tough job. Nothing left for me on the Atlantic side. When you flip over to the coastal side, North Carolina Tar Heels, I love everything that's coming out of Charlotte. I mean, that's coming out of Chapel Hill. Me too, buddy. Man, Mac Brown, he looks so relaxed. He's giving press conferences, talking about how he's having fun again. He's got two fantastic coordinators, uh, Phil Longo and Jay Bateman. If you don't know who these guys are, Bateman was the defensive coordinator at Army when they had that 10-win season a couple of years ago. The guy plays aggressive. If you just watch the first game of the season when they play, you'll see him. He's down there on the sideline with sweatbands on. He's calling the defense from there. He is a he is fun to watch. They've still got some talent on this team. They've done a really good job recruiting, which shouldn't surprise anybody if you remember Mike Brown at Texas being able to recruit. I like UNC a lot here. Over under win total at UNC, I think comes in around nine, uh, which I think is actually doable. Uh, looking at their schedule, they don't have a whole lot of you know, the grenades that they're going to have to get around on this one. You know, they've got 
Virginia Tech opening game. I think Virginia Tech is an absolute mess. I can't figure out why anybody's on likes this team. And then if you roll through there, they should be favored in every game that they play. Um, they catch Miami comes there. Uh, they got to go to NC State to finish the season, and they've got Notre Dame on the road, and that's way late in the season. That's after a bye. So NC, I think I think. NC will be favored in every game they play. I like nine as the over. I'm going to bet half a unit on UNC to go over, and I'm going to split the other half of the unit for them to actually go on and win the ACC conference this year. Yeah, I think they've got a legitimate chance. I think their defense is going to be phenomenal. Their offense is – and look, I say this, and Sam Howell's a legitimate NFL quarterback. He's the best quarterback in the country. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a legitimate NFL quarterback. And I say this, I think their offense is their weakness – Man, I love. Like, I mean, that cat. If you know anything, when you when you're watching games about pre-snap positioning and maximizing your ability, Bateman's as good as anybody in the country. I, I he does a phenomenal job of putting him in positions to be successful. And I know that sounds like coach speak, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. You're, you're never going to be. Your, your guys aren't ever going to be the most talented guy at every position. Unless you're bam and hell every week, they ain't the most talented guy. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's about putting your guys in the right positions, teaching them how to be successful, know what's coming on. Bateman does a great job. This defense has got everybody back. I think they're going to be able to carry this football team. And I think when you've got an NFL quarterback and a great defense – that translates to wins. It will surprise me none if this football team wins the, AC, the uh, ACC. Zero. Yeah, I agree with you. And staying in the Coastal, Miami, I'd probably rank them number two in the Coastal. But I think this is Manny Diaz make or break season here. Um, he's he's going to lose fan base if he's not successful. He, he's done a good job to turn this thing. But this whole season – I don't think people realize how much is on Derek King to make this thing work. I'm going to be shocked if he plays Derek King in the Alabama game. You've got a kid that's nine months off ACL surgery, just started lifting weights, uh, squatting with weights in June. Um, supposedly, from what I've been reading, he was throwing without a brace on this summer, which is great. The kid is super exciting. But he is – go back and watch Miami. I went back and watched five or six of their games last year. He is the offense for Miami, just explosive. They put him out there on the corners in both directions, and he can get he can just cut loose and he can go. He he creates so many mismatches for the other team, but he's not very big. I mean, he's like 5'10, 180 to 200 pounds, and he just took a beating last year, and that's what finally cost him. They also lost a couple of guys on that defensive line to the NFL. Uh, Miami is not stacked like they were years and years ago to be able to just reload from that situation. Diaz, here's how much I think Diaz knows that this season's important to him. He fired the defensive coordinator after last season, and he did not hire a new one because he's going to call the defense. Diaz knows he's in trouble if he doesn't get it done this season. I do not like what I'm getting, all the reads I'm getting out of Miami. I'm, I've even heard murmurings that they're having a little trouble keeping the kids out of trouble down there, but that stuff hasn't come out in all the newspapers. And so I'm selling on Miami but I haven't found a number that I like to bet on them with, but I'm going to probably be playing against them quite a bit unless they show me something different. The only positive I can find about this Miami team and their roster is they don't go anywhere cold. 
October 30th at Pittsburgh is all they've got on the road. And, you know, look, it's much, you know, they're much maligned about when the, what is it, 58 degrees, whatever the number is, their numbers are just awful. They don't get that this year. But other than that, I, I think they struggle. They're at North Carolina. They're at Florida State. They ought to win it, dude. But here's the deal. I agree with you. They play King against Alabama, and they're complete morons. Your next game is Abbey State at home, Michigan State at home, Central Connecticut and Virginia, and an off week, and then at North Carolina. Your season starts at North Carolina. I mean, you got to have your quarterback healthy. If he sits foot on that field against Alabama, honestly, and I like Manny Diaz, they ought to fire Manny Diaz at halftime. Yeah, I, I like I said, I'll be shocked if he plays, but we'll see. Um, second team, and I think the Coastal's just weird. Virginia Tech, I think, is a fucking mess. I think he's a mess. I think he's fired. <laughs> I think they would have fired him last year, but with COVID and money, they didn't want to. I mean, Hayden Hooker, the quarterback at Virginia Tech, he left Virginia Tech to go to Tennessee. And Tennessee yeah. is an absolute train wreck right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm selling Virginia Tech. One of the other bets I've already laid, UNC opens at Blacksburg. You know, the whole Metallica inner Sandman thing. This defense is nothing. It's a shadow of what it used to be under Beaver. I think Norvell, when he took this job, looked at it in a sense, hey, I get to step up and I get to coach in a Power 5 conference, which is awesome. you got to take those shots when you get them. But he kind of had his hands tied. You know, he didn't get to bring in an entire coaching staff. He had to keep Bud Foster. And then Bud Foster retired, and so he yeah. kind of promoted from within. And I just don't feel like they have gelled as a as a team, as a coaching staff. I, I think this is I, – I won't be surprised. If you look at Virginia Tech's schedule, they've got North Carolina, MTSU, then they're at West Virginia, which is a losable game. Richmond, they're off, and then they've got Notre Dame. They, could, yeah. they should be two and three when they get to that spot. And they may fire him after that and just move on from that. And the thing is, they actually could win some games in the back end of this deal, but I just don't think they're going to do it. Here's the fascinating part about this, because I agree with you. I'm unimpressed. And I, and I like Fuente. I think he's – Oh, yeah, Fuente, not really. I, 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 yeah. I, and I, I like Fuente, and I it's not a shot at him. Like, I had somebody tell me one time, well, I mean, you're always taking shots at coach. It's not a shot at coach. I – we do a podcast. We're supposed to tell people what we think. You know, I look at this roster, and I think he's actually done a pretty good job putting in a roster. You look at where they rank from a position strength standpoint and all of those things. This ought to be a good football team. But for whatever reason, it's not happening. You look at this schedule and mark. If they can figure out how to win on the opening weekend against North Carolina at home, they don't play a conference road game again until October 30th. Yeah. I mean, are you kidding? And I understand you're right. That West Virginia game is a, is a losable game. It's also a winnable game. I, I think they will lose it, but they may win it. They win that game and they're going to be coming into basically November undefeated Unless they spit the bit, and if I'm a West and if I'm a Virginia Tech fan, and I'm looking at the schedule, I think if he doesn't do that, 
we need a new football coach. Because yeah. he hadn't done anything, and this is year six. So let's get it. Let's get a new guys. So I think I think he's dead man walking because I don't think those things are going to happen. I think the football team knows it. It's a more talented roster than people think. They could surprise some people. I just don't expect it. Rounding out the Coastal, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, Virginia, Duke. Uh, I think Cutcliffe needs to go. Duke's going to be really bad. I have no read on Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall. I'm going to walk away from that one. I think Georgia Tech, Collins is trending in the right direction. He's literally had to completely rebuild the roster after taking over from a wishbone standpoint. He seems to be saying all the right things, trending in a good direction. Pittsburgh is interesting to me because you've got Narduzzi, who wants to just play defense like a mofo and then run the ball and protect his offense. And he's got Mark Whipple as his uh, offensive coordinator who just wants to fling it and go fast. And they did get Pickett to come back. I feel like Pickett has been the quarterback at Pittsburgh since I was in college. Um, and he can he can chunk it. I think Pitt's going to be a great team. I'm really looking forward to the Johnny Majors game, which is Pitt at Tennessee week two. I'm probably one of the few people interested in this game, but I think it could be a track meet. Um, watching Tennessee and Josh Heupel uh, try to play against this Mark Whipple offense. So it'll be fun, but – I just I don't have a feel for any of the rest of these teams that that I'm going to put any money on. Yeah, I, you know, at the end of the day, we we talked we spent so much time earlier talking about expansion and things like that. We talked about three or four teams anybody wants out of this league. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, I don't mean that bad, and it's because I enjoy the ACC. I think it's a fun league to watch. I enjoy it. I actually enjoy the ACC network. But at the end of the day. We didn't talk about anybody, and the crazy part is we didn't even mention the team that one of that everybody really wants, and that's Duke and Duke basketball. Because <laughs> we didn't talk about them in football. It's just a fun. It's an interesting, interesting concept. So yeah, let's get, let's move on. Let's get to the Pac-12, baby, because I love this league this year. <laughs> Pac-12 is going to be interesting. Pac-12 after dark or for breakfast. Who knows what you're going to get when you got the Pac-12. Oregon to me. Is- uh, can, can we stop on the breakfast for just a second? <laughs> I mean, how, how can they legitimately sign off on 9 a.m. games? I mean, aren't you admitting that your league is completely irrelevant when you're saying, you know, I need to put the best, my team that I want to put up to win the natty. We want you to tee off at 9 a.m. your time. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, aren't you? It's like, it's like we're just trying to we're trying to keep up. We're trying. I, they have totally blown this deal because the Pac-12 after dark is awesome. It is awesome, and that they have not capitalized on how much fun those games are tells you how big of a dumbass everybody running that conference is. It, it would be look, man. I'm a guy who's in sales and marketing. Do you know how easy it is to pitch that if you give me those millions of dollars? Those games are fun. They are fun. I sit up and watch them every night. It's 45-41. We talk about the Mac and 63. You get that shit every Saturday in the Pac-12 at midnight. And they're like, they want to kick off at 9 a.m. The people running that league are idiots. <laughs> Period. That's the end of the end of the deal. Not a lot of I love Larry Scott t-shirts will be made for you and I to wear as we get ready. All right, Pac-12, here we go. If you're looking at this one, 
It's interesting this year. I think the Pac-12 is going to be a lot of fun. I've got some money there already riding in this thing. Me too. Oregon, as you can imagine, best roster in the conference, bar none. Uh, Arizona State, I think, is a very close second to having a good roster. But with everything that's going on around that program, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm going to take a hide-and-watch perspective from those guys. But they've got a shit ton of talent. Jaden Daniels is going to be Awesome this season. Uh, uh, been starting for three years. Yeah. This is starting. He's a three year starter, and the, and the kids are stud. Yeah, and I think they're kids well coached. I mean, I will be the first to admit, you and I thought the Herm Edwards experiment was going to be a disaster. We could not have wrong. been more wrong. Couldn't have been more. And wrong. you want to know what I love is that he was cheating during COVID. I love it. I think it's awesome. He's like, screw it. Let's bring kids on campus. I have zero problem with it, and it doesn't have anything to do with COVID and disrespecting people. You know. Screw it. I mean, what is the difference? You want to know what is awesome about it is that he didn't get reported by the AC, the SEC, the Big 12, the, somebody in his own league. Knocked him out. Somebody knocked him out because it was a bunch of Southern Cal guys. Zero doubt it's SC or UCLA. Guaranteed. Kelly's on fire. It's <laughs> burning. I put my money on him. We're never going to know. But somebody in his own league narked him out. You want to know what everybody in the SEC was thinking? Well, we're doing all that. (laughs) There are kids on campus. What are you talking about? I mean, I know. There's zero doubt kids were on campus. They were just on that. Well, we didn't invite them. Well, they just came and looked around with their parents. I'm sure the group group text of all the SEC coaches that are on there just came out. They're laughing their ass off. They're like, poor Herm. (laughs) They're like, poor Herm. We'll get to watch them on TV next year. So we'll see how this is going to work. But when you're looking at Oregon, man, Oregon, this team's going to be good. Uh, I think they're going to be really good. They open up the season second game. They go to Columbus to play Ohio State. I think this game is really interesting. Both uh, Oregon and Ohio State are going to have new quarterbacks this season. The Brown kid at Oregon's, I think, got to be the starting quarterback. Everything I've read kind of alludes that way, but they haven't announced it. Uh, This team's still got a lot of Jimmys and Joes, man. They're going to be fast. Cristobal doesn't play – with a lot of tempo, though. He has really slowed that Oregon offense down, but they still have a lot of explosive talent and get some big plays in chunks. But where they really, I think, are going to be good is I, I like the defense here. I think this defensive unit's going to be strong. Um, obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau, probably the best defensive player in the Pac-12, maybe one of the best defensive linemen in the country. Uh, then they've got another kid named Michael. They've got a great secondary, Michael Wright, and uh, Vernon McKinley, those guys are electric back there. And so it's tough to catch them over the top. So I like a lot of what I'm seeing out of Oregon. I think this team is definitely trending in the right direction. Um, and so I look for this team to do big things this season. Yeah, I, look, I, I, you know how I feel about this roster. I'm taking a flyer on these guys to win the Natty because at the end of the day, I think they've got a chance. I think they've got a chance to do it. I mean, they're 25 to 1 to win the national title. That to me is worth it because they're the only team in the Pac 12 that I really believe that's got the talent level top to bottom without anything going on around it to win the national title. You mentioned defensive backs and all that. DJ James played a lot of snaps for them. He's the non starter coming back in that defensive backfield of the 3 4. James has played a ton. Stud, kid from South Alabama. 
really, really good player, highly rated player coming out of Kyle, out of high school. That kid's a stud. He's already played a ton. They're not going to miss much. It's like they got another starter, but like got all four starters back in the defensive backfield. When you look at this team and you look at their defensive line, that's their weakness. And we're talking about a dude who was the number one position strength defensive end coming out of high school. I mean, really, he's the best defensive end when he graduated, and we're talking about a defensive end that's got a guy like that, and he's a weakness. The other defensive end is a guy who was the eight. <laughs> They're nasty. And they walk him up as a linebacker and kind of move him around. They call him the stud position. But at the end of the day, this is a talented team. And when you look around the conference, nobody can talk about this. You look at where they are. Brown's transferring in. He's position strength 37 at quarterback. Running back, position strength 40. Wide receiver, 13. Wide receiver, 20. Wide receiver, 45. Tight end, 21. 73 offensive line, 40. 4. 16. 18. 33. That's their position strengths for starters. You flip over to any Clemson, Bama, those are the numbers you get. Every, it ain't one, four, three for anybody. That, those guys are spread out. Every, yes, or Bama's higher. Yes, 100%. Clemson's, yes. But this is a jog, and they are not playing against this kind of talent level every week like Alabama is. This is the most talented team in the Pac-12, and they got a chance to win it all. That's the deal. Can they win the national title? I don't think so. But at 40, at 15 to 1, you know, I, at 25 to 1, yeah, I'll take a flyer on them. They got a shot because you're talking about two games in a playoff. It's a team has got a lot of talent. They're going to go as Brown goes. Can he get it done? I like Moorhead as a coordinator. Hated him as an offense, as a head coach at Mississippi State. But I do believe. He's a very, very good coordinator, and I don't dislike him. And I like Cristobal as a head coach. I think he did a great job when he was at, he was at uh, what was that Florida, uh, not Florida Atlantic, uh, Florida International, Florida International. When he was at Florida International, I thought he did a great job. I'm stunned it took him as long as it did to get a head coaching job. So I like Cristobal. So I think I, I'm I'm big on this Oregon team taking a flyer on them to win the national title. I think they're probably going to win this league going away. Now, Oregon, I think if you look at their schedule, if they beat Ohio State in week two, it's going to make the Pac-12 a whole lot more interesting. Their schedule's yep. got a lot of potholes. They go to UCLA, which I think is going to be good. It'll be better. They go to sure. Washington, and they go to Utah, all in the back end of this season. And so it's going to be a little bit of a gauntlet for them there at the end. But if they beat Ohio State, which I think they have a legitimate chance to do, uh, it's going to make the Pac-12 very, very relevant on the national stage really quickly if they don't eat their young in this situation. If they can beat Ohio State, they can certainly lose one other game and still make the championship. I would hope so. Well, they may can lose twice. I doubt if that. If they lose to Ohio State, they can't lose again. Yeah. I don't losing twice in the Pac-12. I, mean, I don't know. We'll see what. I don't think they're gonna lose. If they're good enough to win in Ohio State, they ain't gonna lose twice. But that's my point. If they're good enough to go there, because Ohio State's gonna be a good football team. That's a good football. Ryan Day is doing a great job, a, a tremendous job running that program. And if they're good enough to go there and win, they're not gonna lose twice in the Pac-12. 
But if they do lose that football game, they can't lose out. That's where the difficulty comes in. It's going to be this is a, again, it's a flyer. It's a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's a hundred bucks. But you got a chance to win twenty five hundred. If anybody's going to do it in this league, it's these guys. Yep, and I like Tim DeRuiter coming as the defensive coordinator. I think this team's going to be more aggressive this season. All right, staying on the north side, Washington, Cal, Stanford, Wazoo, Oregon State. You can kind of go all over the map here. Uh, I'm not a giant Jimmy. I like Jimmy Lake. I, I think the Washington team, when when they lost Chris Peterson, he's a great, great football mind. I think this team has kind of stepped back a little bit. So I, I, I don't have a great read on what we're going to get there. Cal's interesting to me. Cal's got just about everybody back. Uh, Over-under win total here on this team, I think, comes in at six. And if you remember, last year was a mess in California yeah. trying to play football. Then right. they had COVID hit. It was and, and Cal in twenty nineteen. This is one of our favorite teams to back. I mean, we want a ton of money on these guys. <laughs> yeah. And so and and they're getting older. You know, I mean, this team's they're they're going to grind it out. There is nothing well, flashy. Garbage was healthy. Mm-hmm. They were a really good football team two years ago. Absolutely. Um, so I am very interested in Cal. I think if you want to take a flyer, I'd split half a unit on Cal to hit the over. A team I think that is trending in the complete wrong direction is Stanford. Over/under win total on Stanford is between four and four and a half. Stanford's roster is below average in this conference. Uh, QB play is way down. I think the game is past David Shaw by in a sense that this just, we're Stanford, we're going to run a double tight end set, we're going to come muscle you and run the ball. They've trended down for the last several years, and talent-wise, they just don't have it anymore. I mean, this team was putting a lot of players in the NFL for a period. I don't like what I see from Stanford here. I have a bet on them to go under. I do not think, and I think I'm going to hit the window on this thing. They open up in this weird spot. They play K-State in Arlington, which I'm going to tell you right now is a coin flip. They're at USC, which is a loss. They're at Vandy, which they should win that game, for God's sake. And then UCLA, Oregon, at ASU, and at Wazoo. Wazoo is the only one, and it could be a coin flip by then. They're not going to win any of those other games. And then the back end of their schedule, Washington, Utah, Oregon State, Cal, and Notre Dame. And so – there may be two games on. I mean, at Vandy and at Wazoo, and maybe and at Oregon State. Those are the three games they may be favored in, and those are all on the road. So, no doubt about it. <laughs> well, my only question about the Cardinals' schedule is: What did somebody give Jerry Jones to think them in Kansas State was a great game in Jerry World to start the season? Man, you could probably. Go to the 50-yard line. There'll be crickets in that state. Turn the first time out and hit a two-iron into the stands, and you might not hit anybody. I mean, just, just fucking skull-fuck one right into the, th- <laughs> the 20th row, and it may be empty. Four kids at my 11-year-old tackle football game, and they're on that game. I mean, <laughs> who thought that was a good idea? Oh, let's let's schedule these. Just FYI, think K State drills those guys. Another story. We'll talk about that week one. K State will probably show up, but man, I can't imagine Stanford has too many fans. But in Wazoo, I love Nick Rolovich. He's one of my favorite Twitter followers. I loved him in Hawaii. 
But now he's out there at Wazoo saying he's not getting vaccinated. He's against it. And it's like, and they're coming out basically saying, hey, we're not going to schedule games over and over again this year. It's like, if you can't make a roster, it's a forfeit. And he's just, well, we're not going to do it. You know? He's like, I'm not getting vaccinated and don't want to answer questions. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, this year is going to be so fascinating to watch because, look, it's, it, it, look, there's zero doubt at this point that you can't even have the argument that vaccinated people are, are are clearly catching the deal. I mean, hell, John Rahm is vaccinated, and some bitch has caught it twice in six weeks. I mean, it either, either one of those was a false test or, yeah, I don't know where we're getting out of the vaccine. Why are we testing vaccinated people? Whole different story. The, this season's going to be a bigger fiasco, and you mark my words, than last year. Yeah, it's going to be Mark really Mullers. It is going to be bigger fiasco than last year. It, because you're going to have, yeah, I mean, let's face it, there's no quarantine and kids are going to be kids. I mean, let's, let's face it. So the only other team on that side is Oregon State. And I want to <laughs> Oregon State, not in the total, but just in these games because I love their coach. I love what I he's do. doing there. And, I love Jonathan Smith. I love him. <laughs> I do. And I, I want to bet this squad hard, so it'll be fun to watch. Flipping over to the south, Scott, Utah. Let's get it rolling here. Got a full unit play on the Oots to come through and win the south and hit their over-under win total, which is eight and a half. This Utah team brings just about everybody back. They did lose a kid who got shot in Dallas earlier in the season, or early this summer, Ty Jordan. Uh, and he was a big part of their offense last year. Kid was explosive. Whittingham is the longest-standing coach in this conference. He's one of the longest-standing coaches in the country. And this team plays an aggressive style and hard-nosed just like he is. I love watching this team play. Rice Eccles they added on to in the offseason to make it louder and bigger uh, for opposing teams. That's a tough place to play, man. If you have never been to a game there, that is a badass stadium. It's tucked into the back of the mountains. Uh, you're at elevation. It is it is a definite home field advantage. And Utah, I think, has got a great schedule here. Weber State at BYU, I think they'll win both of those. At San Diego State, Washington State, their first test comes after a bye, and they play at USC. Uh, basically, they've got two. They've got three games on their schedule that are right in there. At USC, Arizona State, and UCLA, they catch Oregon at the tail end of the season. But I like this team. This team picked up Charlie Brewer, uh, which came from Baylor. Baylor, if they can keep this kid upright, he had a bunch of concussions at Baylor. I think he's kind of a meathead, but he's a he's a really good college quarterback. Uh, and, and, and Utah's got a good offensive line this season. I think they're going to play well. I like what they brought in. I like Utah here as a sleeper to win the conference and go over eight and a half wins in this spot. Oops, here's the deal. They got two tricky games to make. I think that Arizona State game at home, because I think that's the other really talented team in this league. And again, we got to watch those guys. What happens? It's Herm the coach yeah. when they play. We just don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on, which I'm going to tell you. No, just cutting through. The, if I'm an administration at Arizona State, I middle finger the NCAA because they ain't going to be here in 18 months. It's irrelevant. I just roll. I'd be like, don't worry about it. Just go do your job. Having said that, that Arizona State game at home, 
then they're at Oregon State. I think after they get the at SC Arizona State, they'll play big in both those games. Now, whether they're good enough to win those games, we'll find out. But then that Oregon State game is a tricky game. They go on the road. They're more talented. It's a flat place to play. Weather's probably going to be, you know, it's rainy, chilly, you know, just not, you know, just just a blah, you know, are they going to show up? But then you mix it in, and then they're at Arizona, who I think is one of the worst teams in the Power Five. But when you're playing on the road three out of four weeks, those are the games you can lose. And to me, that's where Charlie Brewer's got to step up and guide them through. you got a quarterback who's got a lot of experience. It's a talented football team. We talked about the loss at running back. But they've also got an LSU transfer and – an Oklahoma transfer coming in at the tailback spots. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to be talented, probably more talented than the kid they signed. And I mean, the kid they had, and that's not a shot. You know, it's unfortunate that the young man lost his life, but at the end of the day, that's where Charlie Brewer's got to take them. They may be more talented at every spot than they were last year. And they've got 19 starters back. This is a team that's got a chance to make a lot of noise in the South that people aren't expecting. And I think much like Oregon does, that's a team. And look, I even explored their national championship number, 200 to one. Now this team's <laughs> not going to win the national championship. So I backed away from that, but you can get some value in, can they win the Pac-12? And the answer is yes. Yeah. This team's good enough to do that. Staying out there uh, on this side of the conference in the South, Arizona State, if, Again, if this team can push away everything that is not related to what's going on on the field, I think Arizona State's going to be good. Me too. Uh, I think, you know, I'm really looking forward to what they're going to do. I love Jaden Daniels. We already talked about that. Uh, Drake Lund, uh, excuse me, Rachad White, the running back, I think has got a pretty big season. They've got two offensive linemen that will probably be on conference on this team. So I'm looking forward to watching this, this squad go. I just don't know what's going to go on, so I've kind of backed off of it. And then you get a, let's go down to Los Angeles real quick. You got USC and UCLA. This is an interesting spot to me. Helton, I would think if if he doesn't win the South, they've got to fire him this season. Got to. And I think Keaton Slovis is awesome. Like I love watching. That. I've been a Keaton Slovis fan since he won the starting job over JT Daniels three years ago. I mean, you and I've been talking about him. And so, well, Mark, I've heard that USC quarterbacks awesome for ten damn years, <laughs> and yet they never win anything. Yes. You know, and, and and I think Slovis is a talented kid. That's not a shot at him. I think they're poorly coached. Yeah, I, I think agree. they're poorly coached. They can't look. This spread formation can't run the football, and at the end of the day, it gets the fourth and one or third and one. Help wants to run the football. And they, they can't run it. The, this offense isn't designed for that. He went and run, he went and just went full Mike Leach. They can't run the football in fourth and one against teams that are physical. They can't do it against Utah. They can't do it against Arizona State. You know, I, I, if that guy's football coach next year and they've not won this division, then USC's – just staff, it's just faculties just mailed it in. They're done. Talking about they're okay being average. <laughs> talking about the other team in Los Angeles, UCLA. 
Chip Kelly. I think this is a big year for him. Uh, Kelly, you've got you know DTR, the quarterback. He was very well hyped coming into this program. Uh, he has had some very bright spots. But, you know, you got him as a freshman a couple of years ago. He struggled that way. Then you get COVID's kind of weird. Interesting hire he made this offseason, though. Ryan Gunderson, quarterback coach that he brought in specifically to work with DTR in this spot. Gunderson's been at San Jose State the last couple of years, and he's the one that kind of revived that program and Nick Starkle. And I know some of y'all are like, are they talking about San Jose State? That was a damn good team last year, man. It was. They were, and look, he did a great job of Starkle last year. Oh, he He's done a great job of that program overall. Yeah. And so I'm excited to kind of see what UCLA does here. They've got some interesting games. They open up week zero, hosting Hawaii. And then they've got LSU coming out there. And I think it's interesting the fact that they've got two buys on their schedule, uh, you know, one early, one late. But LSU coming in here, LSU opened as a two-point favorite. That line slipped all the way up to like four and a half, five, where I've seen it. But UCLA having a game under their belt, and LSU coming off of that disaster that they had last season, I think this is a really interesting game. Um, And all the new coaches at LSU? Oh, yeah. Surprises me none. Look, this is a gigantic year for Cal. And speaking of guys, that if they don't get it done – LA's gonna have a lot of openings. Yeah. I mean, a lot of openings. I, at the end of the day, this should be a really good football team. They got twenty starters back, but man, you look at this rock. He's recruited like hell. It's embarrassing how poorly he's recruited with his, you know, resume. But wasn't a, the but wasn't that the rub? It. it why he left Oregon when he said he well, did. Yeah, that's the reason Helfrich got fired. He had no talent. He, but you know? Kelly was the one that said, I'm going to go pro because I don't like recruiting. Yeah. You know, I don't like recruiting. And he's awful at it. So, you know, at the end of the day, I'll be honest, I don't think he likes coaching very much either because he seems to have it about half the time. I mean, he just seems disinterested. So this is a fascinating year for me. This guy's going to be an analyst if he doesn't win this year. For the rest of his career. I would agree with that. When you're looking at Colorado and Arizona, I have no idea what to – Arizona, holy dumpster fire. I mean, it, is there is there any coach in the country that has left two programs in more of a mess than Kevin Sumlin? I no, mean, but he left us – he made the hot mess he left in College Station oh look like yeah. – I mean, he, he, he left it with Johnny Menzel ready to take over. I mean, just a hot mess. Has a coach ever gotten more money out of one player? <laughs> I know. I don't know who the quarterback was at Kansas when they had uh, when Charlie Weiss was there. Well, that would go back. That go back to, go back to uh, the kid that was at uh, at, at ND that uh, went to what was the kid that went to uh, the Browns? That's an analyst now for Fox. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, that's look, he's the only guy that's remotely made a coach that much money. And, and look, don't get me started on Charlie Weiss. You know, that's a rant that everybody's listened to this for a couple of years that I can go off. But every time I hear his son's name, I'm like, can we dock his pay? (laughs) He may be great. And I think he is pretty good. 
can we dock his pay? Because his dad was overpaid by about 50 million. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Arizona is a absolute mess. And I cannot see how you can back this team. I mean, this is a team that every single week I'm going to be looking to figure out if we can fade them. Because they are, it's a lot easier to find bad teams. I mean, I don't know what the line is. I guess I can go look it up in the BYU game, that opening weekend of the season. But, I mean, BYU BYU is one of the few teams in the country that doesn't have almost everybody coming back. They sent a couple of guys to the league, including their quarterback who got drafted in the first round. And I guarantee you they're still two touchdown favorites in this game. I mean, I, I, I cannot see how you can back Arizona in any spot in this particular yeah. game. I, I'm going to – I'm gonna. I, I, this is not meant as a shot at Jed Fish, and it's going to come off as a shot at Jed Fish because candidly, I I listened to him in his Pac-12, you know, interviews with the media and all that. He's saying all the right things, and candidly, sounds like a good football coach. And he's saying, you know, what they're trying to do to build the roster. But a lot of guys talk the talk. We'll never know until it coaches. But how do you think after hiring Kevin Sumlin? This is the guy we need to hire. He was the quarterback coach in New England last year. And I mean, Cam had an awesome year last year. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. I mean, how how do you settle on that? Is it is truly what I want to know? I mean, I, I like I don't understand it. And and, and look, I know Nick Saban has earned the right to not question him. But how the hell do you hire Bill O'Brien? Oh, man. Well, you know, it's like it is recycle city in this industry. Well, you're right. But I will say this. When Bill O'Brien and the Texans had it rolling, they did have one of the more high-scoring offenses in the NFL for that period. Well, yeah, and then he, and then he runs off. He gets Rick Smith run off. And, and the guy who actually put that damn team together, and then he runs off anybody that's got a damn pulse, and then they're awful, and he blames everybody except himself. Well, to give you – but, yeah, on that note – I think that guy's that, a douchebag. <laughs> I don't like him either. <laughs> I mean that. I think he's an awful guy. <laughs> I think he's a terrible guy. I think you give me that – there's no way I could screw up the Houston Texans with the talent they had worse than he did. No, I will and not, I mean that. I will and I think Rick Smith is a great guy. Matty, super nice guy. I'm telling you, I think he's a phenomenal person. But I thought he was a really good GM and running a really good roster. I, I, there's no way Bill O'Brien gets away with what he got away with if, 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 um, uh, what's the old founder of the team and passed away? The son's running the team now. Oh, uh, McLean? Not yeah. McLean, uh, that's not right. I don't remember. I, McNair. What? Yeah, McNair. Bob McNair. Bob McNair doesn't pass away. No chance he gets away with it. He gets fired two years before he did. Instead of firing Rick Smith. Rick Smith so should have kept his job, but that's a <laughs> tangent most people don't care about. But Rick Smith's a good dude. We'll see how I, – I, look, I hope Bama falls on their face, and I think the bulk of college football hopes they do, not because I dislike Nick Saban or dislike Alabama, but, you know, Hiring guys like that, I just think are, you know, is a bad is a bad way to go about it. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you've got two ex-NFL head coaches that are your offensive and defensive coordinators at Bama this year. You've got Doug Marone and you've got Bill O'Brien. I mean, that's just the, the gun show now that Alabama has compared to everybody else. So, you know, it's, it's, it is amazing, though. When you take, like, I don't know, they've fallen a long way. But it, they, I'm looking forward to the Pac-12. I like Oregon. I like to get you a unit out there to win the natty. Put 50 bucks on it for Oregon to win it. Take Utah to win the South. Split that with a unit to take Utah and either hit their over total or to win the conference. You can get longer odds on that one. If you're looking at some other opportunities in there, I like Cal, six wins. I think you could find six, seven wins on this schedule. Uh, plus, it's a flat number at six. And the best part about this is I had this conversation with somebody the other day, and I was trying to explain to him betting over-under win totals. But if you go in and look at Cal's schedule real quick, um, you got to look at who they play and when they play them. But I think Cal's got a great chance to, to get over here and – the other thing, too, is, is you can hedge out the end of the season if you need to. So there's a there's some opportunities there when you got a flat number that you can look at. TCU-Cal game is going to be a fabulous game. I, second I week. agree with you. I fabulous. Agree. And Cal, right there at the end of the season, you know, they've got USC, Stanford, and UCLA. I mean, those are big games for all those teams involved in there. And Cal will be the underdog in the USC and the UCLA game. Uh, and Stanford's would be a toss-up, but Stanford's going to suck, and so I think they should roll them pretty good. So it, I, it's going to be an interesting season. I'm looking forward to the Pac-12. It finally figured out how to get the Pac-12 network a couple of seasons ago, being a direct TV subscriber, and so you get to watch it. Um, the only thing more maddening than trying to watch Pac-12 after dark if you don't have the right cable subscription is when you're trying to get on the get-back game when Hawaii's playing, and it's only – streaming on Facebook. And I'm like, how the yeah. fuck are you supposed to watch this on TV? It's, I mean, who can stream Facebook on their tele? I mean, I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know what, I don't even know what channel it is, but it's 1700 and something. And Hawaii's always on it, on my cable. And my wife was, why, why can't we just stream? You've got all this sports stuff, you got ESPN. Why can't we do all this? I'm like, I don't know that I can get Hawaii on any of that stuff late night. She just looks at me like I have four heads. Yeah. Like, really? You just told me that you're not going to be able to watch Hawaii late night. Oh, yeah. But she's me screaming just on the back porch, you know, going bananas, you know, when they return on sidekicks for a cover. I mean, what gets better? I just pulled up Hawaii's schedule, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Hawaii versus San Jose State. Kicks off at 6.30 Hawaii time, which that is an 11.30 Central kick. <laughs> and it's actually on FS1. That's a real channel that you can actually watch. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, man. It is. I am so ready for college football and just hanging out and just gambling and being a degenerate. Oh, yeah. It's just going to be quite enjoyable. Hawaii must have got a TV contract. They're on CBS Sports uh, or they're on... Or they're on a FS1 for most of their games. So I will not have to stream Hawaii on Mark, not to get political or anything, but if we're going to have another shutdown in the country, can we knock this shit out during college football but not shut down football so that I can just sit at home, not travel, and just be a full-on degenerate? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just gamble. Yeah. Hey, last year was tough, man. I was I was in the super contest. Uh 
there's nothing like trying to bet an NFL game on a Wednesday. But there wasn't the, what what COVID did bring me during the football season last year is due to the delays. There was a twenty one or twenty eight day period where there was a football game every day. Every day. <laughs> and so it was fantastic. So yes, all right, folks. So we got a couple of bets. We'll put the show notes in the uh, so you can download those if you want. If you don't want to listen to them, that's fine. Give us reviews, rate us. Hit us up on Twitter. He's at Scott Denson One. I'm at Nip Mark. It's A T N I P P M A R C. Look forward to hearing from you, folks. We're going to make some money this season. We're going to have some fun, and let's get ready for some college football. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.